I'm going to speak about aiming the mind. One of the great gifts, if you will, of religion, religion as such, is that it invokes the emotions in a direction towards whatever the values of that religion are, which can be very positive, sometimes have negative elements as well. But the power of emotion is foundational to basically how we live and to any great task. So in the case of most religions, the point is some kind of uh, liberation or heaven or uh, moral purity or Uh, social harmony and because those um, values, those sought-after goals, if you will, stand in contrast to selfishness and uh, certain tendencies of the human being that are very strong. By marshalling the emotional direction of the mind, um, there's some possibility of the effectiveness of the religion. Of course, that same power can, and frankly, not just often, but usually, does also get put in service of this religion against that religion and all the other things because emotion is so strong. All of the identification that goes into the religious emotional person then of course gathers around those unskillful qualities of the mind as well. And so you get killing in the name of religion and greed in the name of religion and the same old stuff. It just has this power behind it. The essential message, though, is the power of that emotion. And in Buddhist thought, in, Buddhist, in the Buddhist teachings, that uh, wisdom of that, the power of that, is contained in sankapa or intention. One of my teachers, Venerable Punaji Mahatera, was the one who showed me, who taught me, just in a simple sentence, really. It wasn't like he gave me a whole series of teachings. He just said, Intention is about this emotional thing. That's really all he said. But it it's like baffled me and intrigued me. And 
kind of really, you might say, touched me to investigate that further, to contemplate it. And over years, it actually ripened into a real respect for the depth of that teaching on intention. We perhaps understand from our meditation practice, from retreats, from study, from whatever it is that has helped us understand that the complex mix of forces or tendencies within each of us, within humankind, and as a whole within our cultures and our, you know, humankind at large, uh, has a lot of very uh, strong tendencies towards self-reinforcing of um, feeding hungers, basically. And so our lives and our society orient towards those forces of uh, getting and having and fixing and power and sensual pleasure and all the things that we know quite well. And we understand that there's also deep roots in our evolution, our biology. And now that we have neuroscience behind it, we can understand you know, some of the mechanisms, quite primitive understanding, but we are constantly, you know, with these sense contacts and with these social contacts, neural networks form and reform. They're deeply connected to hormonal activity in the body. And so there is these um, uh, layers on top of layers of tendencies of, we can call it habit, we can call it character, personality, social norms and constructs all working together to keep that sort of very heavy momentum of that ship of self sailing across the sea of dissatisfaction. <laughs> and it keeps going that way, as long as it's going that way. And why is it headed that way? The whole emotional mind is headed that way. That's where happiness is. That's where the whole urge is, you see. So there is intention. It's just mostly intention towards the getting and, of course, the various aspects. When someone interferes with our getting, out comes the anger, hatred, and so on. But there's a sense of happy going for good. You know, it's, it, it's undefined. It's coming up from the whole body. It's way, way beneath cognition, beneath language. It's the whole organism going that way. And it's supported, this is very important, it's supported by the superorganism of the social being, so that we all support each other in that. And all the social structures, all the businesses, all the culture just reflects that. It's not evil, it's just causes and conditions 
going on that same emotional urge. Recognizing that, we say, well, let's get to the heart of the issue, which is this urging, right? This, this intention, this direction of the mind. But how do we do this, given the complexity, or you might say immensity, of these forces? So we talk about, a, in the case of the Buddha's teachings, you, know, you have this eightfold path that sort of describes in very simple schematic terms eight categories of one's life, that, of one's mind and life, that one can begin to work with this whole situation towards what is wholesome, what is actually going to work, rather than this you know, constant, endless horizon of dissatisfaction. Our practice, our study, our retreat time, all are contributing to possibly experiencing and at least having some cognitive understanding, which is much more on the surface, right? but at least some little bit of a fleck on the surface of, oh, this urge towards getting all this stuff satisfied and getting it all right is never going to work. And then the felt sense underneath that of actual experience of a moment, or many moments, of not um, being in that trance and feeling the quite otherworldly joy of just being at peace. Right? This is not peace as like nothing, gray nothing. This is unburdened by that constant urging and the stresses we actually experience, can experience tremendous joy. It's like getting out of prison or getting out of the desert or something like that. It's quite something. When we touch it, the whole body begins to get it, right? It's not just the thinking mind. So now we have this not just cognitive turning of that ship, which can't quite, doesn't have enough power. The ship is you know, too strong going forward. So it's now it's a little bit of a turn that comes, oh, that's possible. We feel it. And the mind is aimed differently. Not just because it's thinking differently. It feels it. It's beginning to tap down into the belly of the human experience of freedom that freedom from that constant urging and all the fears that come with it and so on. So now we can understand this, you know, what is my path? What is my, how is my life oriented in such a way to uh, deeply free 
this body-mind of those tendencies that will always, always lead to suffering. It's rooted in it. It's, it's headed that direction. There's just no other way because the life, the, thing, the actuality is uncontrollable. It's just how it is. So we might do some study that reminds us. We might have some friends that remind us. We might go to deep retreat and have some kind of experience that touches something other. How do we actually aim the mind, and when we do touch something, how do we remember? How do we reinforce it? You know, if it's just a touch, how do we recognize it, recognize the beauty of it, and um, uh, treasure it, stabilize it, let it grow, let it get some fibrous roots? And so it's this back and forth process for us of the thinking mind and all these neural networks, which are pretty complex, but quite fragile compared to the whole robustness of the hormonal system and how things feel, right? So we're, you know, the thinking and the feeling and the experience and the living and, and increasing perhaps those moments of little glimpses come in more frequently. And things might begin to actually shift in a very fundamental way. The, the tidal forces of society as a, as a system, right, are already established towards the whole acquisition thing. So if we don't do anything, we're just going to be carried by the tides. That's it. Hatred, fear, selfishness, desire. And there is, in, in our cultures, there's also a lot of um, compassion and care. And we can recognize that and take joy in that and benefit from that and contribute to that. But it doesn't, it, it's more a local care, sort of like that situation of, um, I want to take care of you so the two of us can beat him up. That kind, of care, that kind of care. I mean, in some basic sense, you know, in some basic sense, it, it does come down to that. The in-group and the out-group, and then you're shot. As long as you're in the delusory system, that's where it goes. So how, do, how does this aiming of the mind come about in your life? <laughs> 